What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Middle call! Hey, B! Conference Championship, Haberman. Recording this on a, a Sunday, we got a lot of uh, a lot of people tweeting. It's like Sunday morning. Where's the pod? And the answer is uh, waiting for the Niners' opponent, Seahawks did Packers. You get, did you get the itch at all last night? Um, I did. You know, it's like it's so in the moment. Like you said to me before we started recording, the Niners Vikings game feels like forever ago. It was pretty fresh Saturday night. You know, it just. People were uh, pretty amped on uh, various platforms. I would say, so. obviously, we talk the Niners here is the uh, is the bread and butter. But just when you get to the playoffs, if I mean people listening to this, just like people that consume the NFL is just such a national sport. Like if you watch the Niner game and you were at home, let's say you live in San Francisco, you watch the Niner game. What were you probably doing at night? You're going to watch the fucking Raven game. So then you're like, oh my god, Lamar Jackson won. And then the next lost. morning comes, or lost. And then you're like, oh my God, the Chiefs just scored seven straight. It's just because everyone's watching the same game for four straight games. You just, it just kind of like, it, it feels far. I went to the fucking game and it feels like it's a week ago. It's crazy. Because <laughs> these games are so, the, the magnitude of them is so yeah. big. Also, they were some bad games. So I, feel, I felt kind of detached because the games, uh, a couple of the games were great. But it would have felt like releasing a book before the final chapters were written to do a podcast before all the other games happen because they all they're all kind of part of the greater the greater whole. So well and guy if we were now. if we were recorded last night, it kind of felt there was a uh, chance. Did you see the thing that went viral about Robert Sala walking out at halftime on the phone or might have been before the game? Like out of the locker room behind uh Chris Sims and he was on the phone. No. People were like, is he talking to fucking Jimmy Haslam in the middle of the goddamn game? It wasn't until this morning. Jimmy, you think Jimmy wanted a? Uh, a did breakdown? we wake up to the? Did we wake up to the news, or did it happen? I already did it happen like at breakfast time. I can't even remember now. Uh, no, we were awake already. I mean, it it, it was happening like nine or ten. In the morning. Yeah, yeah. It, but it wasn't like a six a.m. news no, break no, or anything. I don't think okay. so. No, I don't. I don't feel like it was either. You think Jimmy it, was that, like? 
Robert, if you're willing to share with me your game plan now, because I like to know the game plan ahead of the game, then you got a real shot. Yeah. Uh, Paul's here. He wants to know some of your uh, thoughts on how you're going to play this game today analytically. Yeah, but please go quick because Paul has to go back to La Jolla. That's where he lives. Paul's in actually he in La Jolla right now. We're going to dive into that. Let's Skype that Paul to in me, here. That to me might be the story. I've seen a couple analytic people. is like, everyone's already fighting back. Well, guys, if you can't acknowledge that if this motherfucker doesn't live in Cleveland, flies out on Friday, just wants to see the game plan, this doesn't have one of the biggest tire fires in NFL history written all over you. I don't give a shit no. how nice this Stefanski no, guy is. John, you I are am, outrageous. I'm betting against that. This time it's going to work for the Browns, <laughs> man. This is the formula. This is the He's, formula. Paul DePodesta doesn't even live in Cleveland, guy. Yeah, He's the helicopter dad of the league. Who, who needs analytics? Don't care where you live, you know? The numbers That's are black wrong. and white. They don't care where the numbers are the same in Cleveland as they are in La Brea. Who would have who would have thought that uh, that the 49ers would be mo- one of the more cohesive units? Just everyone's hugs and smiles and like Robert Sala, you want a contract extension? We got you, dog. Wait, let's win the Super Bowl. I got you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just uh, a lot of hugs and kisses and just a lot of love for Jed right now. All right, John. Before we uh, before we get further into it, and there's a lot to uh, a lot to get into. Let's tell the people this podcast today brought to you in part by Ashford. That's A S H F O R D, like it sounds. Ashford.edu slash ham. You want to get your master's degree? You want to do it without a GRE or a GMAT or other standardized test test scores? That yeah, are I had to take that when I went to you Fresno State. To. You go to Ashford University. That's Ashford.edu slash ham. Guy, when I went to Fresno State I and got my uh, master's in, I don't even know what. Uh, I got a GRE. I had to take the GRE. So, I mean, most universities, now the game's changed. It's convenient and flexible. Ashford University online master's degree program where you allow you to learn at your own pace. You can study whenever you want. Course, uh, one course at a time. You know, six-week-long courses allow you to take one course at a time. Being enrolled in one class at Ashford means you are considered a full-time student. How do you beat that guy? The Ashford is my style. One class, full-time student accreditation. Ashford University is fully accredited uh, by the Senior College and University Commission. Again, get ready to grab some new opportunities, guys. Start your master's degree today. Enroll now at ashford.edu slash ham. That's ashford.edu slash ham uh, to start your master's program today. ashford.edu slash ham. One other important point. If you started but didn't finish, they also offer up to 90 transfer credits from your previous. So there you go. No reason not to do it. We appreciate the support. Love these guys. Good to have them on board. Absolutely. And this podcast brought to you by back again, DraftKings, John. Conference championship week is here. You have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings because it is the leader in one-day fantasy football. Draft your lineup. Feel the sweat like never before. DraftKings lineups are on the line this weekend. Here's my plan, guys. It's, it's Sunday night. My friends at DraftKings, download the app if you haven't already. Use the promo code HAM because uh, you can get a deposit bonus of up to $500 with your next deposit. I'm going to reach out, and we're going to get a game going this week, guy. A little conference championship. we got four teams remaining. Makes it a little easier in theory, but also a little more challenging. We're going to get one going, a little HAM game this weekend. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a ton of other games going just with the last couple games of football. For a limited time, all new and using existing users can get a deposit of up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. How do you beat that? We only got three more uh, NFL games, guy. 
two conference championships, and then this thing they call the Super Bowl. Uh, so again, just download the app. Existing users can get a bonus of up to $500 if you use the promo code HAM. New users enter the code HAM during sign-up, and you also get a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. That's code HAM, and you can get a deposit bonus of up to $500 only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, uh, we're going to go in reverse order. We'll start with the most recent thing, and then we'll get to the Niner Viking game specifically. But we'll start with the fact that we know now, Sunday night, the Packers have beaten the Seahawks. It was dicey in the end. They got it done. NFC Championship game. Uh, if you were a child of the 90s, this is uh, your childhood here. Packers, 49ers, Sunday afternoon. Winner goes to the Super Bowl. Well, if you are a child of the Harbaugh years, they remember they played back-to-back years in the playoffs. Now, it wasn't NFC Championship games, but we've, you know, yeah. If you're a child recently, of the Harbaugh years, how old are you? You know, like if you were eight so you in like 2010. Born. Yeah, so you would have so been you, born like... Uh, like God, you're going to college now, yeah. like 2000. I mean, I mean, if you, you you've seen it, you've seen the forty nine. We don't literally mean people conceived during the Harbaugh years. No, well, I mean, possibly. Now they're just now they're eight or nine, so their favorite team. Yeah, is we hope you out there listening to the pod. You know, subscribe, rate, <laughs> yeah. review. We appreciate, yeah. by the way, all the reviews and and uh, ratings. So go do that. Yeah, definitely add some reviews. Last time they faced each other, because I was thinking, how did they not face each other in the championship game? But they didn't because the last year that the Niners made the playoffs with Harbaugh, remember they played in the game where Kaepernick wore no sleeves and it was freezing fucking cold. He went Bud Grant, yeah, and. Uh, Remember Kaepernick threw a pick, but the guy dropped it. And uh, then the week, the year before is when Kaepernick ran all over him, and Roman was really taking the league by storm with the pistol. But the NFC Championship game, I did a little research. Well, I'd heard it, but I knew it was 97, so I just typed in the game. I was like, God, I, I kind of remember that game. I swear to God, like I knew they lost. I'm like, God, I can't believe they went to Lambeau and lost. The game was in San, The game was a candlestick. Both of them, guy, identical records to this year. Both fourteen and three going into that game. I'd have to do dive d- uh, deeper to find out like the tiebreaker, or whatever. But the Niners lost at home, twenty-three to ten. Now I'm pretty sure the Packers would go on to lose to the Denver Broncos. They were the defending champions, so like that Packer team was really fucking good, right? I mean, Brett was in the midst of his three-time MVP stretch, which Marty Morningwick told me once in Philly. He thought he was there. Crazy thing, I bet if we look back at that 97 Holmgren staff, it was like Andy, Holmgren, Mariucci. I think Gruden had just left that year to go to Philly, but like they had some pretty, like I think Sherman, like they had some famous guys on the staff. Uh, I, I just, I, Aaron made that throw to Devontae Adams. I guess the one that technically clinched it, right, was the one a couple plays later to Jimmy Graham the night, but it's safe to say that like the Aaron Rodgers they're seeing is not the same Aaron Rodgers they saw earlier this decade when he was quote-unquote in the peak of his powers. Now, he's still really fucking good. It'd be like facing like... I, I'm not comparing Aaron Rodgers to Michael Jordan because I don't be- even believe that, but I'm just mean like when you face Michael in 98, again, Michael at his own sport was better than Aaron, but he, was a, he wasn't 93, Michael. And that's kind of what you see when you're watching him, right? And this Packer team, like, do you trust little Matty LaFleur? Uh, today it kind of feels like we'll probably know more in the next couple of days. How many guys they have on the sideline, like holding their arms? I mean, it's part of playing Seattle. It like, feels like you're fighting a guy that has a bat in their hand. I mean, they're just it's just a violent game. The Niners did you are kind know, of lucky. Did you know Jared Valdir was starting today, Sunday? Well, I, 
Well, only because when the game started and they were saying, I didn't know that Brian Belaga has like the flu, was right. terribly sick, sick, and they didn't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, that's just, what are you going to do? But he'll be back next week. Either way, like that's a 49ers feel good about Brian Belaga. I guess Brian Belaga is a much better player than Jared Valdir. Yeah. Someone retweeted on my timeline tonight that Valdir signed with the Patriots in like the spring and then decided to retire oh. in like June or something. Or maybe he went on a visit to the Patriots, and then like the next day he's like, I decided to retire, and someone just quoted it. Like, I hope everyone realized this guy's now starting in the second round of the playoffs. That's crazy. <laughs> but that's just kind of the NFL, right? We just, I mean, Marshawn Lynch was retired all season, and actually, you know, I got to give him credit. He ran pretty hard. Do you, um, do you like, if you're the Niners, or if you're a Niner fan listening to this, uh, are you, and I, I heard uh, Larry Kruger and uh, John Lund and, uh, Dennis Brown discussing this on uh, Niner post game on Saturday night. And it was the first thing that popped in my head. I think it's a natural question to ask. You feel good about the fact that the Niners beat the Packers 37 to eight, or does it concern you at all? And Dennis's thing was like, look, that was a long time ago. This is the NFC championship game. Um, that's a non-factor in the Niners mind. Like the question being, is there any chance the Niners just don't quite take them as seriously as they should given how easily they beat them the last time. I mean, Rodgers. Well, so I would fall that it's not an issue. But at the end of the day, I just, you're a human. You didn't win 21 to 10. You won 37 to 8. I, I would say it's not a concern of mine, but I, I'm, I wouldn't just dismiss it out and out, dismiss it. Well, because did it cross your mind when it looked like, Hey, everyone, maybe Bill Polian, Jim Murray, and Bill whatever aren't idiots when they voted Russell Wilson first team All-Pro. Like, Russell Wilson's a better player than Lamar. Did he have a better season? No. Is he a better player? You bet your fucking ass he is. And when he was, it felt like, oh my God, is Russell Wilson going to pull this thing off? If the Seattle had won this game, this whole week would have been edgy, right? (laughs) People were like, oh shit. Right. Oh shit. Everyone just tight. Just your classic, like your typical... Champion, like if the Chiefs would have been facing the Patriots, it would just been like everyone's backs against the wall, fucking arms out, fist clenched, just super focused. These guys are human. I'm with you. I know it's like it's Aaron Rodgers, it's the Green Bay Packers. They beat the shit out of them, guy. And remember, all week we're like, you gotta watch out for Zedarius. What's Zedarius done all season long? Kick everyone's ass except really them. You gotta watch out for the running backs. They didn't do anything. You gotta watch out for Rodgers. He threw for 100 yards. Now, well, again, John, 100 yards, he had the worst game of his career by yards per completion attempt, yards per attempt. Yeah. It was 1.7 per I, play. I tend to lean with you. Like, like, I was texting to the, earlier this morning before the game with Jeff Schwartz, and I was like, right before the Chiefs game started. Because he's like, how are you going to bet on the against the Tennessee Titans? And I'm just like, I, you know where I think it helps the Chiefs facing the Titans? They beat them like a month and a half ago. So it's, all Andy has to do is like, we lost to these guys. Because you can say all you, the playoffs, and I, the, we're dealing with humans here. You're just like, Ryan Tannehill, the fucking Tennessee Titans, beat us. I just walk out of the room. like that's the, Everyone's going to be focused on top of it being the AFC Championship game. But it's like, what do you do? Like, relook at the film? Bosa, you could have been one step closer after you sacked. You know, it's like, you kicked the shit out of them. Would you say that, that I guess the Panther game was? But that would be the number two ass whooping of the year. That game, right? Panthers was the clear one. They were a close second of yeah. just a. Do- well, 
And you could say that game was different because it was night. In retrospect, yeah. now it's number one given how good the Packers were, are. I mean, Rodgers said it in the postgame with Aaron do, Andrews. What, do you believe him that he even thinks that? That they're the two best teams in the NFC? Because <laughs> I felt like, does he even really believe this or is he just saying it? Well, like, my I, thought was... Well, he's I mean, played he on a lot better teams. My right? thought was, well, he knows the Saints are better than him, right? <laughs> that was my thought. I was like, no, nah, it's Saints-Niners. Do you think he's played on a lot better teams than this current team, even though it's gotten farther than a lot of those other teams? Like the teams the yeah. Niners beat, I think the teams the Niners beat are much better. Yes. Somehow I ended up on this highlight of this Cardinals, Arizona Cardinal-Packer game, and it's just, it's Rodgers throwing to like, Jordy, Greg Jennings, and it's like, gee, they got some sweet dudes. Now it's just like, Devontae, 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 Devontae. And that's awesome. They used to have like three Devontae's. There was a point in time where they had Devontae with Randall Cobb and Jordy. And it's like, weep, beep, boop. Yeah. And, and that's just where I was texting with someone that was texting with a very, very famous defensive coach. And he texted him who he thought was scarier. And... The guy's response was both, LOL. But then he's like, prime Rodgers. But I, I think where we're at, prime Rodgers was really like 10 to 14. He's not quite prime Rodgers. He's really more like old man game, Michael Jordan back you down. But as you saw in that final pass, like he's a potent killer. I just don't know if he's this potent killer. Like start like the Niners team is a potent killer start to finish. The Packers used to be like Rod, like Russell. Like when Russell's gets on, he's just unstoppable. To me, Rodgers still a great player, but I just don't. He doesn't scare me quite as much. I'm saying that with all due respect. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you follow me? That what I'm trying to say? Like, do you still do you still hold him in the same regard as one of the best players you've ever seen? Like, like the way he's currently. I don't playing. think he's still that guy, but I think on a given day he can be the guy that beats you. Now, yeah. part of it, they only have like if he had three Devonte Adams. Yeah. Like right, if he just had every play to Devonte looked like prime Rogers, right? Yeah. To me, to me, he just he about, just needs one more guy. How about him after the game? He's like, you know, Aaron's like, what about that throw to Devonte? He's like, yeah, you know, great cat. I wish he'd stayed in bounds, but you know, whatever. <laughs> was, that, was that like a shot? Like, just like uh, maybe he's he just, just dry humor. I don't. But <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that I to some degree, I think we got to take the Niners game against the Packers two, and two throw star, it out. Two two star rivals, Devonte. You see that? Oh. Yeah. So, someone would like pull it up his rivals account, and they're like, "Yeah, this this guy's probably unemployed now." What was, I think uh, it had a lot to do with like academics. He didn't have any offers because his GPA was like one four. Um, that's why, that's why I came to Fresno and got that bad boy up. I uh, I don't put a ton of stock in that first meeting, other than I do think the Niners are just better. So are they thirty seven to eight better? I mean, you know, whatever that you start the game with a fumble. Have a goal line and that whole thing. Uh, I think the season's kind of settled down for both teams since then. Yeah, but I mean, he was kind of struggling to me the last game of the season against the Lions. I'm talking the Packers. Yeah. Today they were I, they were pretty much in full control. Russell was just pulling some plays out of his ass. But once that game ended yesterday, or I guess if you're listening this Monday on Saturday, it's pretty clear the Niners are the best team in the NFC. That's why, to me, like the only team that could play with them would be Seattle. And I don't even think Seattle's as good. I would just be like, yeah, this game's going to overtime. <laughs> you know? That's just how I would view that game. I don't view the Packers. I, I saw the line got tweeted. The Niners are a seven-point favorite. 
And, for example, like the Chiefs are a seven-point favorite over the Titans. And that game feels maybe a little tighter. Like this seven-points guy in a in a one-versus-two, isn't that a lot of fucking points for a team that's also 13-3? and three? Like that's, It's been the story of this league, though. I mean, I like at this point, if it's not, I, I just, how is it not, to me, how is it not Niners-Chiefs Super Bowl? Well, that sure feels where it's headed. I mean, if Derrick Henry goes his fourth straight game for 190 yards, which would be an NFL record. I actually think yesterday was an NFL record. It, it is. Vra- three in a row was an NFL, yeah. Yeah, because they asked Vrabel, like, what do you think? Well, he's like, well, if you're if the statement starts with, well, this is the first time in NFL history it happens, it's just all you need to know right there. <laughs> you know, 180, was 180 or 190? The, well, I think the record is 170 plus. 170 plus. Yeah, he's a he's a horse. He it's but crazy. Like, if nice. I had to rank the teams who honestly scared me the most, just with the final four, the Packers would be last. If you told me the Niners were playing the Titans, I'd be like, well, it's gonna be a fucking interesting game. Yeah. Like, but you, if just, I told you right now that they could flip flop, would the Niners rather face the Packers or the Titans? Yeah, the Packers, but the Packers. Which but is, I also, but that that's where it gets back to like I don't think Rodgers, if you viewed him the same, and part of it's his team. Right, it's it might be more his team. Like they're not as potent. They just, I mean, they depend. Like Jimmy Graham is like one of their guys. Lazorzo, whoever that guy is, he's actually not bad. He got hurt, Lazard. and then they got Jair Alexander was like holding his hand. Part of playing Seattle is it's a fucking MMA fight. So you just they might you might John, beat them, but they're gonna break your rib and they're gonna give you a concussion. Do you remember Marquez Valdez Scantling? Well, where is he? Is he's, he hurt? No, he's he play, he's been playing. I just checked his game log. Like he's played every week. Yeah, I mean, I, the one guy you do like Zedarius is dominant, and their defense is pretty good. Like it, to me, it's like people love doing this when you're playing Russ, and they it's the same with the Niners. Like, oh, their defense is falling apart. No, it's just this guy is just a fucking magician. Like I. If you told me, like, one guy could go 80 against the 85 Bears, I'd be like, well, it might be that little guy. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, it's a sliding scale with him. Like, the Packers' defense, when it mattered, was pretty dominant. And then you just, you get to, like, 21 to 3. You get in a weird spot in the second half of a game. Like, I, that's, the Texans, that's not, they don't get to do the same thing as the Packers. Like, th- their lead was only early in the second quarter. Once you, to me, in the second half, when you got a lead at home, you're just like, God, you're just... You're just trying to get to double zeros, you know? And it puts you in a weird spot, and that's a weird spot to be against Russell because that's like when he thrives. You're like, oh, you guys are getting fucking complacent now. <laughs> and then he just pulls some Houdini stuff. I, I think the Niners are very, very lucky. It's, this is wild to say. I don't think most times you can say this, like they avoided Seattle. Because you agree the Packers are the better team than the Seahawks. In theory, right, like, right, right. Like that's what I mean. Players, like, yeah. I mean, they won. They won the game Sunday. Yeah, but who scares you more? No doubt. And I think you'd get credit. You'd get more credit if you beat the Seahawks team, right? You beat them twice down the stretch, and you beat them in the NFC Championship game. I guy, I don't even. Is that even a question? Like, do you? Well, they, they. You get credit for winning the NFC, but if the Niners just win by twenty, it'd be like, oh, of course they did. The Niners is the best team. But it feels like Seattle. The game would just not look like that. Which is, honestly, there was part of me. I mean, I, I want to see a Super Bowl of Chiefs, Niners at this point. But it's like, I kind of want Seattle because this week would feel just double as big. And it's, right. it doesn't get much bigger than the NFC Championship game. But it's partly because I don't take the Packers that seriously. Maybe I'm just, uh, I don't have, what does Steve Kerr, Kerr call it? Appropriate fear. I have none. 
I mean, I have a little, but not much. Um, well, it, it feels, and we'll get into the Vikings game, but I would say what would give me the appropriate fear is kind of what gave you the appropriate fear in the Minnesota game, which was just if Garoppolo makes mistakes or, or you know, like Brita has two fumbles. But I, it's as simple to me as it was in the <laughs> yeah, Vikings. Brita will fumble now. I know. <laughs> One of them was the game was over. Um, but is Garoppolo going to make, you know, are the Smith brothers going to harass him enough that he makes mistakes? But that, but sneaky like that is something like Brita against like Zadarius or Preston. You could see the ball getting stripped out. You know that there. You kind of felt it last night when I'm watching it. Even if they're all healthy, I could see Kyle just trusting the other two guys more. Despite Brita at any moment could go like 90. Just that fucking ball could come out. And I think in a game against the Packers, the only way they lose probably like a two to three turnover differential between the two teams. Yeah, like the Packers have one. The Niners have three. You know, because the, the the Niners for a half kept the Vikings in it with just one pick. Well, I, I got a text before the game. I bet dinner with a buddy of mine that's a Vikings fan. And he's like, I also have a prop bet over under three Garoppolo interceptions. And I'm like, well, if he throws three picks, you guys, are gonna, the Vikings going to win the game. And I bet, uh, you know, John, not as a not he just he wanted the Vikings. So I took the other team, you know, I, <laughs> uh, but um, he thought that Jimmy was going to throw more than three picks. Well, he must have had that pick six that didn't happen in the back of his head from two years ago. <laughs> Remember that one that, in Minnesota? Yeah, but that's that's a lot of interceptions in a, in a playoff uh, game. Yeah, man. Look, I don't. He's, he's a Vikings fan. He's getting <laughs> hopeful. He probably knew he needed to throw three picks for the Vikings to win. I don't know. That, that's true. That's true. But anyway, I, like that would be as we sit here Sunday night, Mondays. You're talking about this at work with all your buddies. Um, I just I would love this week to to hear some other ways that the Niners are really in jeopardy outside of Garoppolo making mistakes. Well, I was texting with a buddy that's on a pretty good team, and he was, and we, I was like, uh, you know, the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings have something in common because they both have premium players. They've been in a lot of playoff games, but the don't doesn't work out well against the Niners, and that's not a great offensive line. Yeah. Neither one of those two teams, like, you watch the Chiefs, their offensive line solid. The Titans, offensive line solid. The Niners, offensive line solid. Seattle just figures it out with Russell. It's like, it's a Minnesota weakness. It is, if fucking Balaga's got, you know, the runs or whatever's going on, and they got to start Jared Valdeer, the domino effect there, their offensive line is not great. And when you see D Ford coming back, they annihilate the weakness. Because if that is your weakness, that is the one thing that, like, you're so fucked against them because you can't hide. It, it, some teams, if, like, they're one pass rushers out, you can just – and you can run the ball on them, no big deal. But if you struggle to pass protect, and then especially when the Niners – and they feels like, for the most part, have started really fast at home. Just thinking about, like, the Browns game, Seattle game, the Packer game, the Rams game. I guess the Rams game they didn't, but – those defensive linemen just get to tee off, and the fucking place is so loud. That, that's you. Those guys have to play the best to me to beat the Niners. Your offensive line, now that Ford, D Ford's back, and you can tell he makes a big fucking difference. Have to play like their best game for you to have a shot. Because think about the not throw out the Falcons game. The other two losses that were like legit games, the Ravens and the Seattle game. It's like it was a little harder. And they still made some big plays in the Seattle game. Remember, Buckner and Armstead had that crazy strip out of Russell that led to – was that, that – yeah, that led to a touchdown mm-hmm. from Fred Warner. And uh, 
the Packer game, they just – I think they sacked Rodgers, if memory serves me correct, four or five times five in that times, game. Five times, yeah. So, it's just – if they get the lead on you and your weakness is no – like, if to me, if they play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs' offensive line is just solid. So, it's like they could at least figure it out. Where And, and like, their tackles, no D Ford, for example – that the Green Bay Packers, they're down like 14 nothing in the first half, and it's just like, uh, you guys just get to rush. They they are fucked. And that's where it's like, even though Seattle, in theory, should be, they just never are. Where I think Green Bay, and we saw it with our own eyes, and this gets back to your original point, and I, I think your dead-on guy is, they are humans. And not that they wouldn't have appropriate fear, but like, how could they walk around looking at each other like, we're going to kick these guys' ass. Like, I don't want to say overconfidence because you should be super confident, but overconfident, like how, if you knock the guy out, I, I've never been a boxer, but if you just got into a ring, Chuck Liddell style, and you lasted like 20 seconds with him, just knocked him out, and you got a rematch, I wonder if you just pulled every boxer that's ever been in that situation, that had like a first round knockout and fought the guy again, if they had the same mentality going into the second fight. It's a good question. I, I do wonder. Fighting might be a little different, but. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Feels like it. Um. Yeah, I'm do you trying think to think. The, like, do like you a, think the Chiefs have a little advantage over the Niners, given they're both playing teams they've already played, but the Chiefs lost the game and the 49ers destroyed the team? Um, just for one million percent focus, or yeah, is it just I, championship game, championship game. Everyone's locked from in. a focus standpoint. I think they do have the advantage. Also, they just stared death in the face, albeit for like a quarter. The Chiefs. Who? Oh, um. Yeah. You know, I mean, the difference would be that the Titans are the hottest team in football right now, just given who they've beaten two weeks in a row. So, you know, that's that's the one thing if you're Kansas City where it's like, I think Kansas City shouldn't have an issue, but, you know, I picked... They feel like an NCAA tournament team or something, right? I, I did not pick the Ravens to cover. You just said the Titans... You picked them to win. You picked the Titans to win two weeks in a row. Oh I picked them to cover two weeks in a row. Wait, actually, I don't think I picked them to cover against the Patriots. So, those are two great picks by you. Uh, Maybe because our GM always texts me right back, and I like him. Well, that's – I mean – But, I mean, he's good, guy. I mean, look, I mean, him and Vrabel are just – I I think that that's where I get back to, like, the Titans. I just think, like, they have a clear identity. I take them seriously. Like, what is the Packers' true identity right now? You watch them, you go, well, they want to throw it all the time to Devontae, but you can't always throw Devontae. What, are you going to keep him on the left side? Because you're not going to put him over at Sherman. And then you go, if they can't run the ball, which most people this season have not been able to do with the Niners, they're going to be in trouble. Now, the difference, like, Cousins, what did we say all week? If he couldn't, if they can't run the ball, he's fucked. He'll he'll mentally just fall apart. We don't say that about Rodgers. Like, if, if they get 20, if I tell you the, the Packers rush for 37 yards, you're like, what is that? I don't, that means nothing to me. Because <laughs> if I tell you, you, you're like, well, Rodgers can still throw for 300 and three or four touchdowns. Yeah. And maybe they get a pick. So, that's the difference, like. The the, the 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 Minnesota Vikings and Green Bay Packers actually are kind of similar. Both a couple elite pass rushers. Some the Vikings have a couple oh, of better players. One on defense, major difference. The the quarterback. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, but I'm just saying the Vikings would argue like they don't have a Harrison Smith. You know, I'd be like, yeah, Eric Hendricks is much better than like Blake Martinez. But Rodgers is the trump card of like he's in a different world than Kirk, <laughs> a different stratosphere. Like, of all the quarterbacks, I mean, was Cousins the worst guy this weekend? 
Like if just like if I had to have one, he'd be the last guy I'd want. Yeah, I mean the 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 Tannehill, uh, you know, honey games under hundred. Yeah, <laughs> look, um, I think the thing with the Niners, if I said give me when it comes to the Packers, give me one stat or stat line or something that tells you what happened in the game. To me, it would be give me Garoppolo's completions and attempts and interceptions. Because if he's 14 for 20 and no picks, which is what he was in the first meeting, that tells me they're either making plays on defense or they're running the rock. Because the one thing I know with the Niners, when we start just comparing them to teams, right, is their run game, it'll be as good or better than anybody's run game. Their defense will be as good or better than anybody's defense. The question is, does the other team have a quarterback that can outplay Jimmy Garoppolo? The Vikings did not. The Packers do, right? The, True. The 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 Chiefs do, and the Titans don't. So, give me Garoppolo's if he's if he's fourteen if he's forty three uh if, you know if he's 30, 35 or forty eight I'm like oh shit I what what did that game look like wait what'd you say like thirty five or forty eight yeah if you like, said thirty five or forty eight they're probably gonna I mean, that's not the Niners one great percentage but it's like well what did Mahomes do or the what did Rogers do like that's scary but if you tell me he's fourteen to twenty no picks. Uh, that's that to me is how they they won the game. Yeah, I think Lamar. I have to look at his box score. Had like fifty nine attempts. That's not what they want to do. Well, John, right? uh, twelve guys in the box will do that to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I I'm not trying to they be put eight guys in the box and they made him beat him with his arms. Like, oh yeah, yeah and he couldn't. Uh, he threw a couple bad picks. I I just well they were behind in his defense. Yeah, it for was, sure. It was I, a I just. I, I just don't really take I, I don't take I, I don't know I, I don't take the Packers seriously and that's not as someone that's like I'm not a shit talker about the Packers I, no. I have nothing but respect for Rodgers career I've just watched them pretty closely this season now one of my early takes was just from a press conference you gotta be careful with this I watched Matt LaFleur's press conference when he was hired last year I saw a tweet like on Tuesday like year to the date LaFleur was introduced and I was like I bet the farm against that and he's in the NFC Championship game. So, like, a li- you could say, think about this. Kyle and McVay. McVay's first year won the division, won and done in the playoffs. Lost a home playoff game in the wild card round. Kyle's first year ended on a good note. Remember, they traded for Jimmy. But it was like, they went 6-10 and 10 and that landed McGlinchey. This guy's first year, he did. He is 14-3 and fucking three in the NFC Championship game. Not, and not only that, John, he beat Nagy. He beat Zimmer twice. He beat yeah, kicked his Fangio. Pete beat Pete Carroll. Beat Andy Reid. Albeit yeah, with a backup. But wait, was Mahomes playing that game? Y- y- no, uh, Matt yeah. Moore played in that game. Uh, beat v- Shermer. Like Gudikin's got to be pretty happy with his guy higher, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Are you, are you trying to diminish his wins? No, I'm actually not. I just added Shermer just just as a <laughs> fun reminder. I, I mean, Pettin's been right. Remember, remember after that first game against Chicago, Pettin was the star. Like, where, where you sit here right now, do you think Matt LaFleur, like, you can't argue, like, he's done a good job because where they're at. But, like, do you watch the game and, like, feel his presence? Like, I, I don't think he's, like, John Harbaugh because I think he's calling the plays, but, like, is he totally? I, I just sometimes Lord. don't quite, for this young, hot shot, he clearly looks pretty good. You know, his, his beard and his hair is perfectly trimmed. And he's skinny. Guy, he tore Achilles. He didn't add any weight, so he's got good genetics. I just don't, like, feel his fucking impact. 
And again, just from the counter, yeah, you know, the side. Yeah. No, no, I think Rodgers looks happy. They look like they're on the same page. So like he gets credit for that. You do get less credit when your quarterback's great, right? Same, same happened to McCarthy. But, but, I but I think Mike would say he made he made Aaron like he did get Aaron when he was a rookie and like built him up. Yeah, right? I, I think the question's always like who makes who great. That's what makes the Patriots difficult because you're like I don't. I think they both make each other great. But yeah. like right now, and you know, I've as as you know, people listening know. It's particularly recent weeks. Like, I'm betting on the future with Jimmy. Like, I don't think it's going to be 10s of 14 forever. But right now, it's clear who makes who great, right? It's Kyle makes him great. But I do 14, think he's, it, was, it was 11 and 19, 11 and 19 guys. Well, I was talking about the, <laughs> the, that line I was giving you earlier. But I do oh. think he – I think he does stuff that, you know, like, we'll get to the Vikings, I, as I said. But, like, I, the Niners are better off with him than Kirk Cousins, obviously. Oh. I think the stuff he does doesn't quite show up in the box score because that's not the way they play. But did I you text me a couple weeks ago, like, thank God we don't have to watch this guy every week? Yes, Kirk Cousins? I did text you that. He Is there a less fun, highly paid quarterback to watch? Like, literally can bring little joy. Do you know what a scout told me tonight? I actually text him about it. He said he creates anxiety watching him. Because he's got anxiety, and you kind of feel tight watching him. He's not a, he's not a comfortable watch. <laughs> I do think weak-armed quarterbacks feel that way. Not, you know, relatively weak-armed quarterbacks feel that way because everything's got to be early and it's all kind of – you have to, like, outsmart your physical limitations. I think that kind of feels that way too. Good call. Like watching pitchers who don't throw hard, it's just always like everything. Because yeah. every, every pitch is, like, such a big deal. Zito misses spot by an inch, fuckers going in the water. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's true. But, like, I, I don't get anxiety watching Russell or – or Aaron, no, which is more fun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Anxiety if you're playing them. But but we're still not a totally past. As someone who's kind of gone all in on Jimmy, we're not totally past the anxiety point just because we haven't. Although the great, my favorite stat was, do you know which quarter, coming into the weekend, which quarterback had the most Super Bowl rings? I mean, it's Garoppolo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why? Because he has multiple. He's got two, yeah. <laughs> Rodgers has one. Russell I has one. I wonder what it's like for Jimmy – and this would be a good problem to have, like if he eventually wins one as a starter. Steve Young could probably obviously talk about this too, what that feels like. Versus, yeah. Like you play a huge role in it because you're there every day. You're like, well, fuck, you see, especially in New England. You're like, you know the work I had to put in? Like things right. I have to do for but like you also break down film you, for John? you do your weekly radio hit, they don't go, and every week, here he is, two-time Super Bowl champ. <laughs> right, it's not how, that's not the introduction. No. Well, if he wins it this year, does he go three-time Super Bowl champ like, uh, in the future? I, I <laughs> Then you just go general Super Bowl, Super Bowl champ. champ. Yeah. yeah, Super Bowl champ. But um, he's like Super Bowls, bitch. That's right. Do you know what Belichick makes you do as a backup quarterback? I, uh, if I was him, I would take pride in that. Be like, you know what I did? You know how hard it was? It probably was miserable, right? Just like Josh, I gotta get in at six a.m. on Tuesday and break down film with Josh before Tom gets there. <laughs> yeah, it probably it's helped him out with Mike and Kyle coming after his ass. I am excited about this game, although I will say the Packers, like A-Rod's been so good for so long, the whole Rodgers didn't get drafted by the Niners thing doesn't do much for me. Um, but it'll be a thing this week, and it's it's fine. Well, there is, on his resume guy, little elephant in the room, like, are you ever going to beat this fucking team in a big game? You, this is your third time playing them this decade, and they beat you twice. So well, you're going to go 0 for is, 3? Is Russell's resume now, are you ever going to win at Lambeau? He's 0 for 4 there now. Yeah, but he's got Super Bowl. Ch- well, I guess. Yeah, see, I don't. Got one too. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't look at. You don't put much stock into that. You don't yeah. like him. That's that's like an NBA type deal. You ever gonna beat this squad? Yeah. W- once you're a champion, it's like yeah. Well, I've won it before. 
I mean, but he did as, those, as, as Parag, ago, Parag Marate was on the podcast with us, and he told us that he had a contract done with Aaron Rodgers before they drafted Alex in case they chose not to draft Alex. They still drafted Alex and didn't have a contract done with him. But Well, I, I, okay, that's unfair. You're right, because Russell's now 0-4 at Lambeau. There is something, though, to if you are Aaron and you did grow up in this area and you're playing him now for the third time in the playoffs, they've knocked you out twice. So there is some. Now, it was different teams and really obviously way different players. Think of the defense like Bowman, Willis, Justin, Alden, Ahmad Brooks, Ray McDonald. I mean, those guys are just, that's who he was playing. So this is completely different. But the jersey, like this does, if you're an older guy, like there is some shit to this, right? You just want to beat that team. For For him, it's a big fucking moment. Uh, Can you imagine beating the, if you're him, beating the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl? Right. And, like be, it's a and big doing moment. it there. Doing it and doing there. it here with his... Here. Well, I was going to say his family there, but uh, friends there, maybe. Does he have? Oh, Those? yeah. It's <laughs> cold-blooded. Sen- 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 sensitive topic. But, you know, just a big moment for... Uh, maybe Tedford come support. For sure. Yeah, that's his guy. Justin Wilcox, uh, maybe? Yeah, it's, it's a cool moment. It's a cool moment. To um, me. I, it's... it's I, I, I got to hype it up because I don't view the game as serious as I should in terms of, like, the Niners should win. Seven points is huge. Like, that's a big line for two 13 and three teams. That's Vegas telling you one team is dramatically better than the other. And also, I think just Vegas knows who, how much belief, how much confidence people have. The Niners just were seven-point favorites, and, I mean, the second half of the game, you could have left the stadium early if you attended the game. Did you change your flight information for next Sunday? Well, it's I don't I don't know what complicated situation. The problem is if I do that, then it's like, well, how do we do? Am I just staying in Seattle? Am I staying there Sunday night too? Where do I do the? Po- I'm I'm thinking I can. Where's get the home. what's what's the game? We're not going to get into all this sidetrack this conversation, but we'll figure this out later on a later podcast. No, I'm just saying you have a but you're calling a game on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, day game. So gotcha. Uh, games at noon. So I, I don't know. I then I, I saw somebody today. A buddy of mine posted a photo of himself watching the game on the plane, and I said, "What airline is that?" He said, "United." But most United planes never have TVs. Don't have TVs. All right. Before we um, move any further, John, let's tell the people that this podcast is brought to you in part by. Good to have him back for 2019 or 2020. It's the first time I've done that. Manscaped. Manscaped. Go get it. Uh, we know a lot of you out there already did because they were they jumped back on the podcast. Manscaped.com. Use the code HAM. Gets you 20% off, and it gets you free shipping. You know, uh, they said they're coming out with the 3.0 guy. They're, they're upping their game. The oh, Manscaped wow. 3.0. It's 2020. You know what that means. New year, new me, new freshly shaved balls. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I love to keep it trim. Uh, you, you and I have been using this product for, you know, what, six months now since we've, yes, we don't, we don't share, you know, we, we keep it clean when we reuse, uh, cause sometimes I'll forget, I'll be like shaving my face, I'll like trim my beard and I'll be like, uh, I washed this and you're like, you know, it's all the same here, whatever. Uh, manscaped.com promo code ham, 20% off free shipping. It's hard to beat. They got a lot of other products too, like some, uh, ball deodorant. Some uh, some nice lotion. It actually Make says here, good. don't use the same trim on your face as you do on your balls. That's just dirty. So you you uh, wow, you're even. Too, too I, I did it one. I did it one time because the other one was out of batteries, and uh-huh. uh, I, I kind of stopped. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, they have uh, Manscaped the Crop Preserver, the anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. So 
Get it all at manscaped.com. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code HAM. 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com. Code HAM. Podcast also brought to you by... I'm going to take the Niners to cover. My bookie. Super Bowl is right around the corner. The, the conference championship games are here. MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM, the numeral one. Fastest payouts. Best promotions. Helpful 24-7 service. It's all there. HAM1. MyBookie.ag. Match your first deposit 50% up to $1,000. Should you choose, you can also decline that bonus. But either way, ham one and then get to work. Well, guy, think about this. We got, you know, two huge games. We also have this thing called the National Championship game. So if you listen to this on Monday before, what time's the game? Five o'clock kickoff? Clemson, six and a half. Guy, that number keeps going up. I mean, mm-hmm. is LSU really the greatest team since sliced bread? Because everyone thinks they're just going to roll. That's a huge oh. line for a team that. Last time I checked, Clemson Tigers have won 29 straight games. Let me repeat, 29 straight games. and have a uh, defending national champion, have a defensive coordinator that makes like $3 million. They know what they're doing. I, I like Clemson plus 6.5, but then I see Joe Burrow talking to Drew Brees. You know, I'm like, God, maybe Joe Burrow's just like on a mission this year from football Jesus. Uh, MyBookie.ag is where I'm going to – I think I'm going to go with Clemson. I'm going to put a little on Clemson because I'm going to save up and I'm going to go big. Niners minus 7 come Sunday. Might the Titans plus seven? No, uh, you know, I'm gonna, uh, it's, it's, it's gonna be, I would not do big, I would not do that. Pretty big lines. You I think, think the, the Chiefs are feeling themselves now. I think the Titans, this is where it runs out for them. And it's a hell of a run, right? And it's a hell of a run. You can't, you can't complain about it. So, uh, yeah, mybookie.ag, promo code ham, and the number one, like you said, you can decline the bonus because you've got to bet it if you want to, uh, spend the free money. You can't just deposit the free money. All right, Saturday, Niners-Vikings. What a scene it was. Feels like ages ago now, John. It feels like uh, when the Niners went to halftime up by four and people – I don't know, you were at Levi Stadium. Did did did, were, did it get tight when Jimmy threw that interception before halftime? Yeah, I just think that he had looked shaky. Like even a couple of the plays that he made, the the wobbler to Bourne, a couple he of got the hit. balls. He got hit on that play. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great it play. intended for Jimmy. Bourne, I don't think. But yeah, I don't know who it was intended to. He made a hell of a catch. But there were a couple plays just behind guys. Debo made a great pa- uh, catch. Even one to Sanders on a nice scheme. He just, I mean, just looked a little shaky. And there's nothing nice playoffs. I, I like, thought, you know, watching it back, John, I, I thought he made some really nice throws in the game. The, the, the throw he made before the Debo fumble that Jimmy blocked on was fantastic. Who did he throw it to on that one? I think it was, De- I think it was Debo Samuel to the near side sideline on TV right at the stick. Yeah, he, I, I, when I say shaky, I, I, his standards are high right now. We're, we're thinking Super Bowl, like that's the like he's a he's the quarterback for a super, potential Super Bowl champion because that's they're 120 minutes away, and he's been guy. He was 11 and 19, and they won with fucking ease with ease. And let's not forget because I was kind of doing the oh they kicked the Vikings ass. That team's not slouches, right? I mean, it's like Griffin. We, we talked about their players all week long. They held Cook to what he did he even get twenty yards. They, they destroyed him. They destroyed him. So Jimmy, part of like, there's nothing wrong with being a game manager if you're going to the championship game or Super Bowl, and that's what he was yesterday. The one pick against a more potent offense. Like if you do that against Rodgers, that's what when I say shaky. Like they, he can get away with it against Cousins. He can't get away with it against Rodgers because yeah. the pick was. That's type pick on their own side of the 50 where it's like, God, he kind of threw it right to him. It's not like Kendrick's. To me, it's one thing when the linebacker's 6'4", like Erlacher or Keekly. Kendrick's is like my son. He's like 5'10". I mean, he's not very tall. 
five eleven, maybe with the hair. I mean, he's just, it was a great play by him. But sometimes Jimmy just doesn't see things. Yeah, look, that, I mean, that, that's my one weakness with the Niners right now. It's just if Jimmy is off, you have a shot. If totally, they have totally, to pass, totally agree, totally agree. But, but I also think, to me, he's unique when we use game manager, which I thought was I think is fair. But he is more talented than most guys. He like he can flip the switch when you need to go. All right, we're gonna have to throw the ball thirty five times today. He can still win you that game too. One million percent. And that, I'm not putting him in Alex's category at all, or even Ryan Tannehill's category, or anything like that. He's already proven he's not. But to me, that is your one. Like, can Nick Bosa play? Like. You know, is Nick Bosa going to be elite? You know, like that. Yeah. Is Armstead going to make plays? Is Warner going to tackle? Is fucking Mozart going to run people over? Is Kittle going to, and Juszczyk going to dominate in the run game? Like, I, I don't have any, like, check, 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 check. Is Jimmy going to throw no picks? Like, uh, pencil? <laughs> that's, just, that's just the one area where you just, you don't know. So when I say shaky, I don't mean he's scared or nervous no, or no, anything. It, it's just, Part Not of it too, and and I think sometimes this isn't fair. We don't do this enough in sports because it's not fun to do. Guy, he's playing fucking Mike Zimmer, easily a top three defensive mind in the league. Who's mixing up coverages? Who's got a guy floating this way, floating that way, running this guy there? Has a lot of who did he just fool the previous week? A guy going straight to Canton. So there's nothing wrong with getting fooled by Mike Zimmer, and that's just that's the great part about the playoffs. Like makes Lamar Jackson look pedestrian. Like, that's the playoffs. It's just Mike Pettin, who's been a defensive coordinator. I think this is going to be – he was uh, Rex Ryan's guy those two years when they went to the AFC Championship game. So, this guy's been – like, he's a high-level defensive mind. Texas Nagy, early in the season, he thinks he's, like, one of the best defensive minds in the league. Well, you think he's going to go up to Robert Sala pregame and be like, hey, man, dodge the bullet. <laughs> I, I mean, that's – do you think if would you look differently at this week and this game if you were like Robert Saul is the next head coach of the Browns? Would that be a wrinkle that you'd be like, whoa? No, I don't think so. I don't like, think well, so. Paul is doing every, everything anyway. In ter- yeah, <laughs> Paul's like, don't worry, Robert. I'll I'll hire the staff. <laughs> we'll just we'll send you the itinerary uh, whenever you're out. Um, no, I don't think I would look at it differently. But anyway, back to, to the Vikings. I, I think you make good points about Zimmer. I That game kind of played out the way I thought it would, which is it'll be close at halftime, and then as long as the Niners are leading, they can do what they do, which is run the rock 47 times. Tevin Coleman looked good, by the way. Did you see Kyle's kind of like after the game, you know, the Niners tweeted like out a minute clip from the locker room, and he's like, what did I tell you guys? The number was 30. Whoever got to 30 rushes was going to win this game. And then he goes... We got 47, and their number was like 12. 21. Or 21. Oh, no. I'm sorry. No, no, no. (laughs) 10. 10. And the place went apeshit. Yeah. But how many many rushing attempts is what he was saying. Yeah, 10 rushing attempts. For how many yards? 21. Yeah, that's rough. So that was a 1 million percent 49ers win. If you said Dalvin Cook, how many did Dalvin have? Was it 20? 9 for 18. If you said that Dalvin Cook had nine for 18, you'd be like, automatic loss. They what if no I told shot. you George Kittle has three for 16? Well, if you, I was thinking about this last night. Or maybe it was this morning when Baldinger tweeted out this thing about Juszczyk and Kittle and how they're just killing people in the run game. Every time I look down, every fucking time, 
on the opposite side of the zone run, whichever side it was, or the strong side where they were running it to, 85 was like getting up. You could tell he just had a war with 97 or 99, where it's like, oh, here we go. And just they just go, and he shoves them. And it was like Kittle and Juszczyk, and Baldinger in his tweet was like, Juszczyk didn't touch the ball. He didn't run it, they didn't throw it to him one time. He was on the field, I think, 50 snaps. And like their team, those two, make, like they make this thing go. And that, to me, kind of speaks of like, they, they, those two guys, even Kittle, can really impact the game if he has no catches. And we, we had said coming into the game, what if he had no catches? I'd be like, oh, they're in trouble. Well, they could also run for 190 yards and just control the game. And that's kind of essentially what they – they didn't need George to catch – they didn't need really anybody to catch the ball. And their weakness guy – and that's the thing, like, the thing – you see the thing that went viral about Joe Judge is like, thing I learned from Belichick – you don't take a round peg into a square oh, hole. Yeah, and everyone's the, like, actually, oh, 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 he, yes. He. It's like, okay, guys, we get it. Well, it, you should attack weaknesses on another team. Yes. Well, the weaknesses for the Minnesota Vikings. Well, yeah, not- get excited for Gettleman's round pegs. <laughs> yeah. the, the weaknesses for the Minnesota Vikings are number 22, probably the best safety of the decade beside Earl Thomas, is going to cover George. So it's going to be tough. Like That's a blue chip matchup. Their weaknesses are their corners. So where did Kyle... They were throwing it outside the sticks, right? Like, Kyle is... He doesn't even talk, he doesn't even talk like that, thank God. We just don't, like, cliche bullshit. He's like, yeah, we're just going to attack whatever we think that they don't do good. Like, no shit. And that's what he was doing. And that's... They knew that... And you can do that. And then you get the lead, you control the clock. I mean, it's a pretty basic formula. Just like the Vikings clearly wanted to run the ball. And then they could not. And then they tried to throw it. And they did. I'll give them credit. Like, what's the Niners' big weakness? Akilo Weatherspoon. And what was the first drive? Bang, bang, boom. Pretty sweet touchdown. Did you notice? I was, I was, had a, had a little ease edible, and I'm in bed rewatching it. He fucking takes the ball. I noticed it live. He threw the ball so fucking far. No, it almost got to the concourse. Digs, because Jimmy, I think, got fined for it last week, didn't he? For throwing the ball into the stands after a touchdown. Are you not allowed to do that? I don't think you are. No. Dig's course, I swear to God, guy, on that set, I guess it would be the north end zone. Yeah, it'd be the north end zone. He he came close to the concourse. Like, he he fired that ball up there. And it thought, like, whoa, they got a wheat. Like, they got a blue chip guy, and the Niners' second corner sucks. Akello out, Mosley in, even though Mosley's not Sherman. He's not bad. I mean, he'll tackle. It's just made it a lot more difficult, and they weren't able to just – hammered the other side and for whatever reason Cousins a little later comes to Sherman's side throws it right to him and then you hear what Sherman said mad about being a zone corner or something well you just said he threw me a catchable ball basically think about this guy and this I, I I think that play summed up Kirk Cousins Richard Sherman is clearly the smartest DB in the league right now like he knows your routes because he's mad he's like People think that Thielen just stopped. I knew he was running the curl, so I just went there. And so that, that's Richard why gets he so, stopped. Okay. So Richard gets really angry. And I get it because he's like, I don't get enough credit. I'm there. That's where the ball was supposed to be, and I'm sitting there, and Thielen stopped. Well, when you hear these guys, like especially like NFL Network shows, when it's like the wide receiver and quarterback just talking, especially the top guys, there is a little ad lib. Like Cousins, and I wrote about this in The Athletic, once he sees a pre-snap read, He's a robot. He's going there. So he thinks that he's going to run the curl and he's going to be able to hit it. Thielen realizes, oh shit, 
He's not even playing me to my other shoulder. He's going to be right inside. I got to stop or break it off. Cousins' inability, and this is where Jimmy's on a different level. Now, ad-libbing can also get you in trouble. Cousins can't ad-lib. Because under no circumstances, as Richard's sitting there with his fucking hands like this before he even gets rid of the ball, Cousins is robot, robot, throw. And Thielen stops, and they can't ad-lib on the side. Like, that's the type of play where you go, yeah, this guy wasn't worth the money. Because we have no shot to win a Super Bowl with that. You have none. And Richard gets credit because he knows what you're doing. But, like, Peyton Manning might tell his guy, like, hey, we're going to fake run the curl. He's going to jump in. Then you break off right last second, and we'll do it on the fly. That's, that's the great part about the NFL. It's like the ultimate chess game, and he doesn't have that capability. And maybe Paul DePodesta's guy doesn't have that capability. But when I see Richard pick that off, like, hey, guys, he knows your place. He does. He knows your routes. He's cheating because it's not even cheating. He just knows what you're going to run. So like that one thing that went viral about Ed Reed with Belichick, why not do it on, fool the guy? Think of, make him think you're going to run what he knows you're going to run because that is what you're supposed to run and then do something the opposite. No one ever does that. And then it's just the, because his couple picks this year. that's, That's the Ed Reed, Peyton. His couple picks this year, right. and I see why he gets mad. Yeah, don't his couple picks like hit him in stride, like he's just sitting there waiting because he knows the route. It happened to Johnny, You're right? Well, it's not like, Johnny, but Baker. It's like being a shortstop. You don't get credit if all your plays look routine. But what if you have great range and you know what the pitch is going to be and you know the hitter's tendencies, and that's why you never have to make a diving play because you take or the outfielder. You take the most efficient routes. You have the best jumps. I think that's just, what you he can is. Read guy. the ball. And so that's Richard. Richard's the guy that never makes a diving play because he's better than the guy that does. Okay. Would you ever throw out Richard's side if you were the the like if you were the Packers? Well, I mean, to me, not by design, but like broken yeah, that, play. That, that, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, would you ever line up 17 on his side this upcoming week? Not if the alternative is to not line him up on his side. Well, you, well, you get to dictate right? it. You're yeah. on, you're on offense. Why would Why you? would you choose to do that? Every time he's over there, to me, it's a only waste. to be some sort of, yeah, I don't know, decoy. I don't even know decoy for what. Because if get- you had to go, the Niners' weakness right now would be Jimmy can turn the ball over, and the left corner, like whoever the left corner is, is dramatically not as good as the other guy, because the other guy happens to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, who is just like he makes that play yesterday. How many people around the league are so desperate for corners? Go, God, we could have. This guy was just a free agent off Achilles. Like his, the Richard Sherman comeback to the Niners this year, being their their team captain. I don't, I don't, I can't. I was about to say I have a gut feeling, but I don't know why I have a gut feeling. I don't know anything about it. Like it does kind of feel like he's in the final couple guys to be man of the year. Well, that's why I said when we found out he was one of the, you know. You said it originally, and you were dead right. And now, like, the more they've won, it kind of just feels like, is it just going to be him? I don't know. Does it matter how but, much you Yeah, win? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I can't even pretend to have a gut. It, it, uh, could it just no, be like, go a guy that helped You've got a gut. You don't know why. I, it'd be great if David Baker shows up to surprise him and give him the <laughs> award. David Baker, who I think the fucking Packers might want to suit him up at right tackle. <laughs> damn, see how big he is? What, I mean, Bochy's head is not bigger than David Baker's head. <laughs> I love how no comfortable chance. David Baker is, too. For people who didn't, he's the guy that... He runs the Hall of Fame or whatever, represents the Hall of Fame. When he when he said the Cower, and Cower's like, did you see that one? Mm-mm. The Jimmy Johnson one was good, but the Cower one, Cower did not get as emotional as Jimmy. But David Baker comes out while they're doing a segment, like while Cower and, and uh, Sims are breaking something down, 
And Cower obviously knows immediately, and he's kind of speechless. And Cower's like, David Baker starts going into his his pitch, his spiel, and Cower's like, how are you going to do this to me right now? You know, kind of laughing, like, you know, because he knows he's afraid of getting emotional. And David goes, oh, it's okay, Bill, I'll come back later. And he starts to walk off, and Cower grabs his arm. He's like, no, David, stay. <laughs> it's pretty good, but... Yeah, anyway. Um, I would say that was the most shocking thing of the weekend, by the way. I didn't know Bill Cower was like even in the mix to get in, but you know, he seems like a high character check guy. Check the stats. It, yeah, I mean I did see his daughter's waiting there. It's a cool moment. Daughter Jimmy, and his wife that was his, his wife. His daughter I, and his second wife. Oh, oh, because yeah. remember his wife died of cancer or That's whatever. Right. Yep. Turns out I mean there was a split second. Anyone that was watching, I didn't watch live, I had to rewound. I thought Jimmy was having a heart attack guy. Yeah. Somebody like, tweeted jumped. at me too. Like, is he okay? And I was like, I, I got concerned. <laughs> I was like, well, Terry can't save him. Uh, I could see Tony might, you know, kind of feels like he's been at the beach, knows a little Heimlich. Like, well, he might you know, be- I bet Glazer's a fighter. I bet fighters all know, like, that oh, kind Glazer, of thing. yeah, Glazer would have his mouth around his mouth yeah, saving him. Fighters know, you know, a lot Jimmy, of things happen in the ring. Jimmy looks good too with like the Haberman hair. I don't think he'd go easily. You know, he's an old school, I think, D lineman at Arkansas. Not on that day, John. Not when he finds out he's going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Hell no. Now, football guy does not go out like that. Um, well, then you realize his whole crew, because I, I didn't really think about it either. You're like, oh, Tony's in, Howie's in, Strahan's in, yeah. Terry's got four, he's in. Like, that's, <laughs> it's not just a bunch of randoms up there. Aikman, then they show Aikman, which was cool. Who's, was he, did he was kind of in tears? Yeah. His eyes are always a little red, but it looked like he was in tears. How could he not? You, I mean, edible guy, you think? or just? <laughs> I think just a grinder. Yeah, dry probably. eye. Dry eye. Um, what were we talking about? The Niners, Jimmy, Vikings. Cousins, what about this? What about this though? Okay, well, well here's. I do want your I thoughts mean, on Levi's before we move on to. But go to what you're going to say. Yeah, I thought. Well, I was going to get into just one other topic about yeah. Sala, just staying. But I, I, I thought Levi's, everyone around me, and, and just talking to different people, it's just this formula is pretty fucking simple. I'd... If if you win, in sports, but especially in like historic markets, like the Bears, if the Bears stink for five years, the place is going to suck. If they go to back to back Super Bowls. It is going to be electric. Like Arrowhead with Scott Pioli when he was leaving Snickers wrappers and no one was picking it up. And they won like four games and Hunt had Broken to fire everybody. Yeah. Which Jed has referenced in the past. What do you think and about ultimately? About that? Do you think Pioli regrets leaving the Snickers wrapper at the bottom of the stairs and waiting for two weeks and no one picks it up? Or do you think he's still I know this. Is if, adamant that it was the right move? If I... It depends. Also, mini wrapper, king size wrapper. Because if it's a king size, then yeah. I mean, some of you if guys. You pick told up a me that ha- if you told me that happened, I would be. In, if and I was in charge, and you came to me and said, "I just ran," a, I'd be. In, I'd be pretty annoyed. I'd think anybody that walks that hallway regularly, I got I, that. That would piss me off. Yeah. So I'm not. What if I, I told you it was a Snickers mini, and the, you know it's kind of small? Again, two weeks. Now you could argue, you agree that if the wrapper so was bigger, like if it was a if it was like a uh, M and M's king size peanut, you know, big yellow that's one outrageous. that you couldn't miss, that's yep. outrageous. But Belichick would say, "Just do your job, you know. Let me worry about the janitor." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, sorry, Scott, I'm just Here's focused the, on myself. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, keep going. I won't. But I, my ultimate point is, the place got shit on. It wasn't really shit on that first year for noise when they went eight and eight. It was really getting shit on for the remember the turf like it was yeah. slippery slope it was it was uh, legitimately turf, terrible sun airplanes distance which whatever 
traffic ingress egress, which Kyle learned about. Okay, I, I, I'm going to give them credit. The traffic is dramatically easier now. It's and maybe it's just people are getting there super early. It's in out. I, I have no issues with the I traffic. Just got to learn traffic patterns and all that stuff. I would say the sun. I sat on the sun st- side. It was 55 degrees, so the sun actually felt good. But I could see September. It's 90 degrees. The sun would suck. That's Look, not we've all been change. to the beach. Like figured out. Yeah. So the atmosphere. When you're bad, was, they, you don't want to be in your seats. When they're good, they'll sit in the sun. I mean, yeah. The, pla- the, the place was legitimately rocking. John, when bu- you sit in the sun at the beach. You don't sit in the sun on a, in a driveway. Why? Because one of them you're looking at the beach, and the other one you're looking at the street. The, the highlight of the game for the crowd. Bosa sack gets a sack. Place goes nuts. Does not get up. Yeah. It felt like if Steph or Clay, you're at a game and they go down. Place goes silent. Could hear a pin drop. Then it goes on for a little too long. The 70,000 people start chanting, Bosa, Bosa. He gets up, jumps up, kind of runs off the field. Place goes apeshit. Kyle even said after the game, he's like, okay. Was he milking a little bit once they started chanting his name? (laughs) It was funny. But that, that was a highlight. So, yeah, the crowd is... High-level NFL crowd edginess. Pro, you know, and it's an NFL crowd, so it's like Chase Center crowd. Like, you, if they get the NBA Finals next year at Chase Center, it's going to be a lot of rich people. I mean, a lot of rich people. An NFL crowd is still, you know, people chanting like Antioch and Eureka and just, I mean, a lot of people just stumbling. You know, I mean, it's, it's football. I mean, it's guys that, It's also you know, 80,000 people. Yeah, and that's the other. You know thing. my it thing. Is, you get eighty thousand people. It's an enormous you'll, crowd. You'll get everything. But but don't you think when it's eighty thousand people and it's football, if it's eighty thousand people to see Elton John, it might not be as crazy, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. So you're getting an NFL game with a lot on the line, right? I mean, it's just an intense NFL game. People have paid a lot of money. People have been drinking, but actually, at all, at that, ter- like I would imagine next week. The kickoffs at when three forty. Mm-hmm. You have a little more time. This one at this kickoff was one thirty. So yeah. So I mean, you got an extra couple hours. But yeah. I, I think that you know the one thing that remember Mark Davis was big on. Like I love the tailgate. And I want to be able to tailgate. Right. The, the, they do have a lot of tailgate space there. Yeah. Part of that just area is there's just a lot of parking lot. Yeah. Just to hang. And then the other to me enormous story was at one moment in time. It felt like Sala might legitimately get the job during the game and even after the game. Like, it was kind of clear it was down to him and Stefanski. And a lot of people were just like, well, if you're just basing it off that game, which... I would not. With, yeah, well, as I was texting Come with Dickinson on. today. He's like, hey, do you guys follow analytic people? They view, they put zero stock in a small sample size. Oh, that's a good point, too. Like, you think... He, is there a chance that Paul DePodesta didn't even watch that game? He doesn't give a shit. Like, his mind has been made up really for a year. Which... Uh, Sorry. So, you know, him I'm, staying. I got to hold it on my brown sticks. Yeah. Him staying is a pretty big deal, yeah. guy, because if yeah. he would have left, like, that is a, just kind of a big question mark to the franchise. They got to replace a defensive coordinator when their defense right. kind of carried them all taken, season. Right? Not yeah. Fuck. You'd think he would have taken one of Kyle's guys to call Mike his plays. McDaniel. Like, if you're like, well, if you're going to come and you're going to hire a defensive coach, you're like, well, I'm going to hire Kyle's right hand guy to call our plays. We'll right. have him fix Johnny. Actually, I, I started doing the math. I'm like, <laughs> Maybe he, yeah, John Baker. Well, that's kind of sad, but that's who I'm thinking of it. I thought maybe that does make a little sense. Like, they've realized it, it's not offense or defense. They need a leader. He blew yeah. him away. He promised them. He's got one of Kyle's guys to save their quarterback. I'm like, it kind of does make some sense. They're king of outside the box. 
And then I just go back like, well, he was kind of uniquely suited. He'd been with Pete Carroll forever. He went with Gus. Like, this is his defense. The guys clearly like him a lot. Like, it, it would have been a pretty big body blow whether they won the whole thing or not. Like, that would have been a big loss. To me, the other thing I started thinking, to your point, when you started thinking, okay, I think he's going to take this job, is... Do you think he takes it if he's offered? Because it kind of felt yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Because mostly NFL coaches take jobs they're offered, with the exception of Josh McDaniels and... Right. I, doesn't large. it feel like Josh is a borderline outlier at this point in time? Like, yeah. Kind of just and maybe going. part of it is he can always fall back on like, look, I'll just be Bill's. I'm young enough. Like, whatever. I can ride it out for eight more years till Bill's gone. I'll just take that job. Like, maybe he's just. Well, he's like, hey, idiots, you guys don't realize this, but when I flipped on Indy, the Crafts gave me $6 million a year. I don't know what the number is, but I yeah. know it's not two. So the one thing I was thinking logically, if you're, couldn't you argue if you're Cleveland, like, look, we're pretty good on defense. Let's be great on defense. And then just get solid. Let's get a coach that we think will make us great on defense, and we'll just get just get incrementally better on offense. That logic yeah, we got work. we got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb will run the ball and play D. And who and Roberts like I learned that Take, style from Pete yeah. Carroll. That would have been my pitch. It's like, hey man, look, the key here is not let's make Baker great so we can carry us. It's let's not make Baker carry us. That would have been right. And I, okay, you here's know, what Robert, we did. It'd be a good pitch. Yeah, here's what we did in Seattle from 2011 to 15 when here's I was Here's what there. we're doing right now in San Francisco. Oh, we got Nick Chubb? Cool. I, I, I thought by I was going to bed, I'm like, I thought it was like 10, 90, no chance he's getting the job. Because I think Ben Volan or someone had reported a couple days ago like he was not getting the job. And then he came back to life. I got Dustin Fox tweeting nonstop, like, this is getting crazy. This is getting crazy. And then I'm texting with Dustin. I'm like, does he have a shot to have the job? He's like, fuck yeah, he does. I, I kind of thought we were going to wake up and yeah. 50-50 was going to get the job. So then when they give it to Stefanski, which com- makes complete sense when you realize the way the analytic guys think, they were not up in arms over this the last yeah. 24 hours. They, he had decided. He was just waiting for Jimmy to give him the thumbs up. You're in charge, Paul. And he's like, okay, I'm taking Stefanski because that's the guy I wanted last year. The Niners, you know, avoided. He, and you and I had been texting back and forth, and I know a lot of people followed this just online, like, I get where it's like, you know, Robert Saul deserves this job. But can we also acknowledge that he probably just dodged a major bullet? <laughs> like, that's – like, I, I think it's pretty clear. Like, the Chiefs now kind of feels like the Chiefs are the AFC team. I mean, they got they got the dude at quarterback. And they have an elite play caller with special players around them. Like, they're not going anywhere. But it kind of feels like – this Niner rocket ship, they got an elite coach. They got some really good young players. They're going to be around for a little bit. And don't worry, man. The Browns job will be there next year. <laughs> but I just think like. It's like they interviewed Salo last year. But like, what about this guy? We'll next, next year, year. If Mike Zimmer gets fired. You know, it's just uh, Robert Sala's stock is going to be good. Like yes, he's clearly an intelligent guy. He's a likable guy. He's a good coach. Players love him. He's highly thought of. I think, I and you and I talked earlier that, did I say on this pod about how Mike Lombardi said it took him eight years, Bill Belichick, yeah. to even get an interview? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it just I, – I think he'll be better equipped. Like, it is a big-time job. And, and I know the money's outrageous, and I can't – I've never made $1.4 million. I'm just going to guess that's what Sala makes, between one one and one point four. Never made that much money. But I can't imagine if you made that much money. You're like, I know he lives on a country club. He plays golf all the time with Tim Ryan. Like, he's got a sweet life. He's making more money now than he's ever made in his life. When his agent goes, well, I can multiply that by five a year. I can get you a five-year, $25 million contract. It's all just, imagine if you're making two hundred grand, and I go, guy, I can make you a million dollars a year. 
I mean, it's just, that's, it's a huge jump. Because you go, why does this guy want to leave? I, I wonder if it's just as simple as, mo- that's a lot of money to turn down. I guess down. why, isn't that why most of them take that job? Most maybe coaches. that's what, that's, yeah. And that's, maybe that's the unique thing, like you said about Josh. Um, there's actually a few more things to say about this, this story. But before we get to that, John, let's tell the people about Upstart. Very simple. With Upstart, John. I got my friends at Upstart, guy. Do you? Yep. Yeah, upstarts.com slash ham for all of our friends, guys, that are in credit card debt. I've been there. You've been there. Let's face it. We've all been there. And my friends at upstart.com are here to help. Upstart is the revolutionary leading platform that offers smarter rates to help you pay off high interest rate credit cards. Because you realize if you got $15,000, $20,000 worth of credit card debt, you are probably paying on average over 20%. And... Uh, that's where Upstart comes in. They factor in more than just your credit score, your education, uh, your job. They're fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The best part, guy, the loan is approved and accepted. Most people get their funds the very next business day. The next day, how do you beat that? Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. Hurry to upstart.com slash ham to find out how low your upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. Upstart.com slash ham. Uh, before we get to the Browns job and some headlines, let's talk about the AFC real quick. I mean, uh, or not real. We'll see. Pretty crazy. I mean, Chiefs beating the Texans in a game that was a was it a good, terrible game or a terrible, good game? I can't figure out. I thought it was a very, very entertaining game. I, you know, I don't know, good, bad. I, if it I was a movie, to, you would have been satisfied. Yeah, to me, it's like a like a Con Air or something. Like it was just like, yeah, that was good. You know, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna. I guess you might tell some people the time they were down twenty four nothing if they win the Super Bowl. It's a big part of their story. But yeah, it was just. I mean, for a split second, it felt like the Chiefs were gonna get run out of the building, right? Because they were fourteen nothing. Beat. I was they, still really confident. Lifeless. Yeah, at fourteen nothing, I'm confident. But then it's like, well. Then it's 21, and even, you're, you know, it's like, yeah, 21, but it's still a lot of time. Um, once it's 24-21, they're down three, I would have, I could have, I would have emptied the bank account on the Chiefs to cover a touchdown. Like, they were, they weren't losing at that point, but it took, actually didn't take that long to get to that point. But it was, it looked bad, man. It looked really bad. It just, well, guy, like you said to me, was there another team in the league that would have come back from that? Do you think so? No. Because the Ravens can't because they got to run it, so it takes too much time. The they just come hurt. back. They scored 50 points. G- guy, from 24 nothing. do you know the score of the rest of the game? 51-7. to They did not score a point in the first quarter. Like That's part of their 51-point performance. The 51-point performance was in three quarters. In three fucking quarters. And really the last, like, five minutes, the Chiefs were just trying to get out of there. Like, for a qu- for basically two quarters, what's Salah say? All gas, no brakes. It was yeah. all gas, no brakes, fifth gear, Windows down, double middle fingers up, just Andy dialing up, reverses, plays to Hardeman, plays to Mahomes. Mahomes taking some Andy plays and adding a little, you know, his own little flavor to it, doing crazy shit. Kelsey making just insane plays. Those two, like Kelsey, Tyreek, Tyreek's their best player, non-quarterback. Kelsey's their second best player. But if Sammy Watkins could just all of a sudden just make a couple plays with Hardeman in there, they're just... They got guys hauling ass everywhere. Texans just aren't good enough to, like, the right team won. Right. I, you know, the, the game was weird, but the Chiefs are better than the Texans. You agree with that? John, I mean, I 
I thought I was the first person to make a Thursday night football joke for Titans Texans. I I probably wasn't. No, there were a couple. There were a bunch, and then someone Kevin Clark was like, "How about ten a.m.? How about ten? How about what do you say? London? It's ten a.m. <laughs> Eastern or something." I mean, I I did I just know one thing. I did not want that. I don't think anyone did. did has has any guy that has like three straight playoff seasons has multiple playoff victories on his resume over this last three or four years? Feel like he's not a good coach as much as Bill O'Brien. Have you ever seen a guy that I, I mean I think you were with me like thought the guy was pretty good and have by the end of this year like I would not want the guy as my head coach. Yeah, I, it's great. Now part of it too is he's the personnel guy and decisions and personnel have been poorly reviewed. Some of them, I mean, but they they were actually I mean Honey Badger dropped a pick six. Yeah. Uh, then he's screaming could, at a fan the other day. We're not even talking about that. I mean that's oh, not the, even. Well, that was you know about a month ago. Yeah, but the video came out, but. Uh, how about the the locker the exclusive locker room video of the Chiefs uh, mascot banging his head against the door? <laughs> then he comes out in the Andy Reid Hawaiian shirt when they've got the lead. Um, yeah, it was. Uh... But yeah, man, it's bad. Like I, I, at least like when the Ravens were down, you're not watching the game going, "What's John Harbaugh going to do here?" Like I, nothing he can do. When the Texans are down, you are thinking like, "Does Bill O'Brien have anything?" And then they run the trick play that loses like 16 yards, and well, actually, before that, they go for it on fourth. On the, on the fake punt, and it wasn't even close, which I couldn't believe they did that. Because at that point, you're watching it thinking, now, here's the one art you would say, maybe I'm crazy to think. And Andy gave, I watched the press conference, Andy thought, he's like, I think Bill O'Brien did the right thing. He had us on the ropes. He was going for the kill shot. Our guy just made an incredible open field tackle. And Bill O'Brien said, hey, we thought we are going to have to score, you know, 50 points to win this game. And maybe they just thought, it's still early. Do we really think the Chiefs are going to finish this game with seven points, whether we give them the ball on the 35 on our side or the 35 on their side? So I mean, you could make that argument, but it didn't work. And it I thought hard. I thought it was pretty reckless at the time. Just I, given at the they time, were I couldn't. You know, it's one thing to think the Chiefs are going to score fifty when everything's going well, but what if you just get it to halftime at twenty-four to at seven? I know, God, you were in cruise control. That was they had all the momentum, and you can say, yeah, momentum doesn't change game to game. It does in that game. The crowd was lifeless. Uh, the the wide receivers looked fucking miserable. I got a good text today from a dude in the NFL. He's like, well, the reality is when you are an artistic, high-flying team, you're usually not gritty. So the Chiefs can be a little front-runny just because they're fr- when the- when it's going, a little like the Warriors, it goes. It's like, this is awesome. Everyone in the stadium knows it's sweet. The players know it's sweet. Mahomes' personality. And when it's off, it's like, god damn. Because we've seen the Warriors for five years in their peak. Even with Durant, you can catch them on a night where it's like, they don't give a shit. <laughs> and it's like their body language. But then it just takes a one, like a couple threes. And the crowd looks, it's like, oh, it's only 26 points down now. And then boom, boom. And then it's like 18. And then Steph starts shimmying. Mahomes starts shimmying. They all start shimmying. And Andy's like, calm down. But everyone's shimmying. And it's just an avalanche guy. And you felt it coming today. It was uh, it was the I've never seen an avalanche like that in the NFL. Not in the playoffs. Not in the second round. There were the first couple drives where Mahomes was a little off. Where the wide receivers, I I think I saw a good tweet. Someone's like, in Mahomes' first three drives, they had four drops. In his last five, he has five touchdown passes. And I think it was Wickersham. And the four drops, it's one thing to drops, and it's another thing like the receivers would just be like, like this sucks. It's like guys. This is a playoffs. Like this isn't this isn't some random game in November. 
And that's just the balance. Like, the Niners don't really act like that, right? Because that's not really their style. They're not going to have seven straight touchdowns in a game. Like, Kyle could scheme that, but they're just, they're not really built for that. Like, at any moment, that was a second four-quarter touchdown quarter of the season. We all wow. remember the first one. But that's, wow. that has to oh, be. Oh, who was it. that against, John? Uh, I don't know. This team, are they in the NFL? I don't really know. I, I mean, I've been watching these other teams. They don't really remind me of them, but. The, Checking the, the location of the headquarters, it says Beacon's Truck. So. <laughs> yeah, so the Nomads. Four four touchdowns in a quarter twice in a season is a remarkable accomplishment. What What's the average possession in an NFL quarter? Two apiece? Sometimes maybe three? <laughs> I mean, that's, the odds were stacked against you getting four possessions. Yeah, well, that's why in the third quarter uh, on the broadcast they were talking, you just got to gotta go, you're only going to get so many possessions left in this game, even with... The good news against the Chiefs, you're going to get the ball back because they're just going to score in seven plays. Um, was that Mitchell Schwartz, by the way? No, went, it was Eric Fisher. Seven, what number was it, 72? 72, yeah. Okay. That went Bumgarner? Yeah, that, that was sweet. Andy said, and he had a good point, he's like, you're down 24-7, and he's like, the enemy goes, let's just keep running the offense. He's like, because sometimes you can go two or four minute, but he's like, when you do that, and it's not at the end of the half or in a must-like situation at the end of a game, you kind of alert everyone, like, we're kind of fucked, guys. <laughs> you know, and then it, it's, you can kind of play tight. You know, like, guys, we better pick our shit up, go really fast. But it's like, you do have a lot of game left. He's like, let's just drive. And again, they're like the Warriors. Like, their drives can go, like, four plays. Like, did they just go 60 yards with two passes that traveled seven yards in the air? <laughs> I mean, and they, they do that really well. So that's... Wouldn't you say your main takeaway over the last 48 hours is like, if the Niners don't win the Super Bowl, it does feel like the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Yes, I will be. I mean, are the Titans winning the Super Bowl? No. but LaFleur? It's either LaFleur or Tannehill if it's not one of those two teams. I would be. be, I would be floored if you get Titans LaFleur. We've had some upsets, right? I mean, the Titans have won a couple games, and not just a couple games. The Titans went pretty big upsets. Yeah, I think combined like twenty points and uh, underdogs. I, it's it is an incredibly like it's one of the most impressive postseason runs to a conference championship game I've ever seen. Given that they were a nine and nine and seven football team, right? Well, I would say especially the way that game yesterday went, where they were just like, "We're gonna kick the shit out of you." Well, it's like okay, it's seven nothing. Okay, it's fourteen nothing. Okay. But then, it just it was what it was just like they couldn't move time. the ball. Yeah, but and it's, it's just twenty-eight like, to six after three quarters. Game's over. Yeah, it was over. It was over. Tana, do you want to get? Do you know Tannehill's line? I, I couldn't even begin to guess. I know it was. Not it's great. really incredible. How many attempts? Fourteen. I uh, would go nine of fourteen for eighty. Seven. Seven of fourteen. For what? Eighty-eight. Good guess. Couple touch, a couple touchdowns. Two throwing. Yep. And he had the one running. And one rushing. That's where it's like, I think I saw Riddick getting arguing with someone. Like, he'd be like, well, he's not doing shit. He's not doing shit. That's because a box score scout can do that. He ain't doing anything, guy. It's like, are you guys watching the same game I'm watching? Because he's pretty important in this whole deal. Like, he's the run he had on the goal line, he might be, I tweeted this last night. But it was more just like living in the moment. And then I thought about it. I'm like, that might be right. Kind of feels like he's the most underrated rusher in the league for a quarterback. Because I don't think we really view him as a runner. 
But like then you see him run, you're like, God, this guy is six five and he's an athlete. Right? I think you're probably right in part because no one's watched Ryan Tannehill in four years. Yeah, that's part of it too. That's that's big time part of it. I, I feel that way because I remember like, when he came out, it was like this guy's really athletic. Big well because he was a converted wide receiver. Yeah. And I think sometimes you feel that. Like, I think the Packers have a couple guys. You're like, who are Zedarius and Preston Smith? I'm like, yeah, that guy played for the Ravens for four years, and that guy played for the Redskins for four. So you're like, you haven't watched that much of those guys where it's like when Clowney left. It feels like everyone knew Clowney. He's just a rock star. When you get a guy kind of like uh, uh, Tannehill, this is where when you are playing for, people forget like the Ravens did do well last year, but they had not been a playoff team for like three straight years. So they had been a little... They were much more like probably in primetime games than the Redskins. But when you play for a Redskins, a Miami Dolphins, you know, a Jacksonville Jaguars, like for a three or four year stretch when you're not going to the playoffs, you're not playing in primetime games. So look, even me, who's closer to casual fan than some NFL scout, like you just you can just miss things. Like I know I'm watching the game today. I'm like, I can just tell you a lot about a lot of players. Like I know all the strengths and weaknesses of a lot of guys in this game. Even with Seattle. But there are just certain players like Orion Tannehill I don't have a great feel for. Like, how great is his arm? I always thought it was pretty big, but what does he look like moving around? I just I haven't watched him play that much. And again, like most people. And even Dolphins fans will tell you, he missed a lot of time. Let Didn't me, they uh, sign Jay Cutler the one year? Uh, yeah, but was, that, would he, was he coming off an injury or no? Well, rem- well remember he got hurt. Case. Well, he got hurt. And he opted to not get surgery. And then the next training camp, he's like, thought he was going to be okay. And then it ripped. And then they're like, oh shit, we don't have a quarterback. So then he had to call him and Christian Cavallari out of retirement. And remember, they gave him like $10 million and he was already signed up to do the booth with Charles Davis or yeah. uh, with Kevin yeah. Burkhardt or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, he then retired, never went back to the broadcast thing. Didn't he do a game like in a three-man booth? I feel like he did. I think maybe he realized. Well, they were, wait. They were going to pay me two million to do broadcast. I just got ten million. So instead of that two million, it was going to take me five years. I can just chill for a couple of years. Yeah, or maybe it's just like Kristen's, you know, clothing line, like the whole thing. It's like I can just hang. Like she's making some money. <laughs> um, what what do so where do you fall on the Lamar side of this game? It means absolutely nothing. It means everything. Or it might mean something, but I'm not sure. Or well, just think, it might mean something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it 100% might mean something. As you saw, he threw he threw a bad pick. He had a fumble. He threw another ball. I know he threw two picks, but the, I'm only going to put the one where he hit the guy like kind of in stride. He was just a little reckless with some of his throws, but he also made some really nice throws. I actually think he's got a lot better pocket presence than I think people originally thought that he'd have. I, I just think at the end of the day, a tried-and-true formula – if you're if you hang your hat on your quarterback running around, not running around to throw Russell Wilson style, running around to run, and he had a couple yesterday like he broke off runs where you're like, Jesus Christ, can this guy run? <laughs> you know, you like forget when he's looking shitty, looking shitty, and then all of a sudden he's like, fuck it. He makes like three guys miss in the middle of the field. He runs around. You're like, this guy's hauling ass. And you go, he's a remarkable athlete. And then you hear him after the game. I like the guy. To me, it's just like. He's an impressive, mature guy. I, I find him very likable. So I, I I don't like shitting on him because he, he's an easy kid to root for. I'm rooting for him. But as he's playing right now, you ain't winning a Super Bowl like that guy. Like, it's not... it's This ain't a fucking opinion anymore. Like, we, this is... 
We already knew it, but every once in a while it sneaks up on you like, maybe Lamar is the guy. Then you realize, no, he's not. Because it doesn't work. And Greg Roman's been leading this offense. And wouldn't you say that this offense is more potent than the Kaepernick one when they came? He had a better defense with that, so it was hard. Like, you weren't going to score 28 points on them in a, at home, right? Like, the Niners' defense, like, the Ravens were kind of getting... Now, they turned the ball over. Yeah. But I, I just fall that if your quarterback's running is a huge part of your offense, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. You're not going to win the Super Bowl. I just... I, I feel pretty confident on that. But I think this guy... Like, RG3 was an egomaniac. He hated... His dad came after year one and sat down with Mike Shanahan and said, we want to run a normal offense. Uh, Mike Vick has just kind of admitted in his Atlanta Falcons days, right, he didn't work hard enough. And it wasn't until he got with Andy that he realized what he had to put in, and by then it was kind of too late. I do think this guy has the right mindset to, like, give everything he possibly has. Because they asked him after, like, you know, basically, you know, what do you think? Everyone's going to shit on you. He's like, I, you know, listen, I just got to... It's on me to get better. I can't worry about what it is. I was just like, God, this guy's impressive. Yeah, really I thought is. it was a great answer, too. But did you see what Marlon Humphreys, I retweeted it, was like, we're chokers. I did see that. Yeah, because I, t- I tweeted, strong opening rant, time to open up the phones, and uh, hear okay, from the that. people. <laughs> like, what'd okay, you, that's a, that's a little, But what do you think yeah. about that comment? Like, I think I think a lot of those guys go, we were... But I think his point is—he is like, talking about himself. Or he's talking about somebody else. I don't know. I, I mean, no, I, I think he's just talking about like we got hyped up. Everyone was blowing us. We were widely considered by just most people. Like the Ravens were the number one team in the NFL. Uh, yeah. I, but guy, I, I think you and me are outliers. I think most people just assume like you just kind of ride the wave of that season. They're going to win it all, or they're going to make. No, a run. I, I understand. I'm just saying, like, I don't well, look. If a guy in the locker room is telling me they choked. Maybe they choke. But I, I think, think he's just, just hyped up. I, I just think he means, like, this back-to-back years, we've had home playoff games, and we've gotten beaten kind of thoroughly. Like, it's just like... Is he trying know? to say John Harbaugh's not as good as you guys think? No, I just think he's like, are we so, feeling ourselves? Because they kind of are. I mean, they were... They've been feeling themselves, like, the last couple months. I think it's pretty crazy that they lost. And no yeah. matter how hot the Titans are, I we agree <laughs> yeah. there. It is pretty not Like... One of the craziest playoff losses in recent memory. Yeah, like the the AFC Championship game, I don't think time will tell. I don't think we're better off for the Titans having won that game. I think the Chiefs going to kick their ass. But whatever. I mean, this team just beat the Patriots on the road, and they just beat the Ravens on the road. So maybe I maybe I'm a fool for just not buying it. But yeah. I- I wouldn't go kick their ass quite yet, but I'm with you. I, I would have said that the Ravens would be more equipped. But you could also argue, are they more equipped if that's what they have to lean on to win it all for the guy running it? And you, I, I, that's where I'd lean. I don't know. I'd say no. Because what did what thrived the last couple days? Russell, Rodgers making throws, Mahomes making throws, Tannehill when he had to, hitting touchdown passes. And Lamar had his moments. You're like, God, if he could just hit a couple more. And then he just, it's hard for him to string like six straight really good throws together. He can do like one or two, but he can't just pick you apart with when the run game's off. And I, people were tweeting at me, and this was kind of a conversation on social media. Did, and obviously anytime you lose, when you rest guys week 17 and you have the bye, you're going to get asked about it when you lose that first home playoff yeah. game, right? If you remember their last week 16, Ingram pulled his calf at the end of a game. 
They had another injury. They kind of got into this weird spot. Now, they probably would have rested guys anyway, but I think they had that last like 10 minutes of week 16. They lost a couple bodies. They kind of freaked. They rested everybody, and then they just had weeks, right? Then you're talking about 14 days of no game action where the Titans, a little like baseball or basketball, are just playing their way in and are just used to just playing playoff games. You know when like baseball player like, we've been playing playoff games for the last month. We had no margin for error. And for them, like they had to win week 17, then they had to beat the Patriots. So for like 14 straight days, the Titans have just been a loss away from being done. So they're just kind of walking on eggshells of their season. Where the where the Ravens, back to where I say cocky and feeling themselves, have just been on cruise control. You're just back to what you said originally about That's Niners true. Packers. You are humans. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, you're just you're humans. Yeah. Uh, get some headlines here before we uh, send this out to the people on a Sunday night. If you yeah. listen this Monday morning, you know you could have got it Sunday night. Um, I, just a couple more things on the Browns, John. So they hire Stefanski. I, I get it. Like, you interviewed the guy last year. Did you see – I think I said it to you. I think it was – was it Wickersham that tweeted? Like, there have been a couple things that Deep Podesta, he's reporting, have wanted. Deep Podesta wanted Sean McDermott, not Hugh. Yep. And then Deep Podesta wanted Stefanski, um, not Freddie. So, he interviewed Stefanski. He's got to be. Does, it, does anyone bring up when he brings that up? Like, well, what about your Carson Wentz take? Yeah, he's like, hey, some evaluations <laughs> are wrong, some are right. But hey, yeah, this is sample size. This trust they, they me on coach size. interviews. I would say let's trust you on coach interviews over quarterback evaluations. Maybe that's where we are with the De Podesta. But I don't blame them for hiring the guy that he wanted last year. Because if I'm him and they don't hire the guy he wants, then I'm like, what am I flying? I'm not flying out here for the miles. Like, what am I coming out here for if you're going to keep ignoring what I tell you when it comes to hiring a coach? So I don't blame them for hiring. Here was one thought I had, because you retweeted, Dust, uh, Dustin Fox tweeted out a story that was like just a breakdown of like why Josh McDaniels didn't take the job ultimately. There were a couple things at play. Number one on the list, Paul Br- DePodesta. Browns do get a pretty cool story. So this I, way, incredible. <laughs> Paul DePodesta will review your game plan on Thursday or Friday and give you the analytic feedback. You have to have, by a certain time, let's just pick 11 a.m. Friday, you have to have the game plan to present to him. Oh, okay. 11 a.m. because he's got a flight. He's got to fly the yeah. jet. Well, let's say Jimmy after the jet back by after practice on Friday, you have to submit the game plan for him to overview. So that's going to get is, a lot of attention. As which, should, is, which is insanity. Insane guy. because you're not insane. Agreed. Insane. Because, I, really quick, well, can we stay on this point? I saw sure. a couple analytic guys going, well, everyone's already fighting it. Well, yeah, if you have to get into a hierarchy of this is baseball, you're working for this guy, or are we working together? Like, aren't you part of the game plan throughout the week? You don't just, what are you going to exit all out? We've been staying up all late Monday through Thursday to build this thing, and then you're just going to fly in like that. If you can't see that that has tire fire from a mile away, then I, I can't even help you on understanding the way humans work, yeah. right? Am I going to get fired because I don't do 100% of what you give me? If I do some of it, is that acceptable? Who's in charge of this football team? So well, that Paul, deserves Paul the most is, Paul is guy, and that's part of that article, right? That he related. What about when we're said, playing the game? That's the crazy part, right? Like, this isn't baseball. Well, I or think he's – well, my other thing is, Paul, when he gives you the game plan, have you seen the fucking coach's sheet? It's like Chinese. Are you going to know it? And how are you even going to decipher it? 
that's my other question. Like, you, like, okay, you're like, well, let's say you're playing the Niners, and you go, it makes 0% chance whenever we have an opportunity to throw to the right. It makes 100% chance throw it to Mosley every time. You're like, okay, well, here's our list of X, right, cross, left. How would you even know what that means? Like, I don't understand. I It's, it's not as easy as, like, James Harden, step back, shoot a three. Or, you know, and, uh, when the right-hander comes in the fifth inning, like, these are pretty black and white. Those, the the game plan, the way the coaches talk, it's like a separate language, right? It, it's way more complicated than just to do what I ultimately I think he wants to do. I don't know. Maybe the guy's just a genius. But you, you, I, I texted this a bunch of people. The league, if that's the way the hierarchy works... We'll be rooting for it, not to fail, but to go winless. Right? Because then, if this were to work... Which is too bad, because it seems like people like Stefanski. But this is not about him, John. <laughs> to me, if that if that is true, Robert Solish, I mean, would have been worse off as a coach taking this job. Like, that's yeah. a lot to ask a brand new guy. Same with Stefanski for this situation. Yeah. Um. So that's going to get the most attention. It should get the most attention. Can I can I say this though, guy, really quick? Yeah. If you're Stefanski and you know we once had a boss leave that believed in us, and the new boss, still I think kind of believed in you, didn't believe in me. If you know the D Podesta believes in you, well, does that empower it a little more? Yeah, I mean, if if it is a partnership, but again, you have to feel. Does he how do you trust? Feel, how you? do you feel that that guy thought you were good and not me? You go, yeah, you got an eye for talent. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can just be right by accident, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. you can be wrong by that same sword, by that That's same true. measure. Um, but but you go, yeah, I mean, this guy's if, not if trying to screw fans, me, to make he, me look bad. Does he respect my ability enough that that if I can say, you know what, that actually here's why we're not doing that. This is the way we're going to do it, and this is the reason why we're not doing it that way. And he goes, okay, then fine. Right, I mean that's the question. We don't, we don't, no one. But Paul DePodesta has operated in the shadows, John. I mean, we don't know. And by God, the he shadows, does not I mean live in Cleveland, the sunlight of Southern California. <laughs> so I but, don't know. But but don't you think like uh, you call basketball games and don't college basketball coaches and basketball coaches in general draw like the main three or four bullet points on the whiteboard in the locker room? Like we're gonna trap twenty four. We're gonna do like just a couple basic. Like it's pretty basic game plan for a basketball game. Like three or four things, wouldn't you say a football game plan is really, really complicated? The amount of time these guys spend—it's not just something you can ad lib then with an hour meeting at the end of the week. Right. If someone doesn't know what you're talking about, I just think they have a lot to discuss on how to make this streamlined a little better. If that's yeah. the way they plan on attacking this, no doubt. So here's the other part I want to get to with this, though. Because the other part, and I highlighted this and tweeted this, is that it's not only that you meet with Deep Podesta at the end of the week. You also do a Monday scheduled meeting with Jimmy Haslam, maybe D, to tell them about the last game. So you do a review on Monday, and then you do a preview on Friday. And I'm sure it's not the last time. I'm sure Monday's not the last time you see Jimmy either. Um, and my thought on that was, obviously I tweeted out making fun of him. But then I was thinking about it going, you know what? Can I be sure if I owned an NFL team, I wouldn't want to sit down with the coach just so I know it? Not because I'm reviewing him, but just because I own the damn team. What the hell am I doing if I don't get to talk to the coach about the games, right? 
So I, I don't know. I, 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 think, uh, th- I think there would be a balance. Can't say I'm better than that. Can't say I'd be better than that. If you trusted your coach, I don't think you would put him through that because his time's valuable to get ready for the next opponent. So I think you can always schedule a meeting if something happens. Like, why did we do that? If every week... It's like, hey, man, all my friends, we go to lunch, we play golf, they want to know about... I can't tell them I, the coach won't, I don't talk to the coach. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to ask like three or four people if that's normal procedure. Like, I just... Well, I'm sure she- it's not normal procedure. I'm just saying... Is Jimmy that cr- like I, I just I want to not kill him without thinking on everything. That one is not the way to do business. But I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. But but if you thought about in business, like in his world, if you had a big day, like a big trucking day, whatever he did, what, whatever you do for a job, right? Like that big moment, the equivalent of a football game, you would then in an office setting meet the next day and go over it. And I think the coaches would say, yeah, that's what we do. That's why we get here at 5 in the morning. We go over fucking rewatch the film. We grade the film. We meet as a coaching staff. Right. Then we, we try to then start getting our next opponent. <laughs> you know? I got to go this hour meeting and tell my owner he doesn't know anything. Now, you have, like, you, he owns the team. You have to do it. To me, I would just have to know before I totally shit on that. Because I agree with you. The more I thought about it, you're like, if it was just like 20 minutes. And if some games where I don't even meet, if we don't have to. Is it that nuts? Now, if I knew that the other 31 teams, unless something specific happens in the game, they may schedule a meeting or whatever. Like, hey, I'll be by at four. Can we talk for a little bit? Something like that. But if it's like every day, every Monday we meet to like go over where you fucked up, that does seem probably unlikely, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, knock on the door. Hey, man, you you got 10 minutes? Just love to hear what you guys are up to. That's different than, oh, I'm late for my 11 a.m. with Jimmy. I think the knock on the door... Hey, what what happened there? Like after you gave him twenty four hours to combust or whatever, De- that's decompress. normal. Yeah, yeah, De- decompress, not combust. I think the Monday consistent meeting with the owner to like go over where you fought is pretty nuts. I, I think it is too. I just I'm can't say I'd be above it. That's all I'm saying. I, would you be a bad? Have owner, you enjoyed you your your twenty eight straight meals that I paid for? Because <laughs> I got ten minutes. If I could get ten minutes, you know, if if I could bother you. 10 minutes. Well, you realize where if you had a bad coach, it'd be easy to turn and hate him fast. Well, that's the other thing is you could, but that's right. Then I started thinking like, it'd be pretty easy to be like, you know, I'm a leader of, I'm a leader of great people because I own a multi-billion dollar business. I can identify leaders and I don't like the way he answered that question, right? It's, it'd be really easy to start just going down that rabbit hole. I think guy, that's how you end up with nine coaches in 10 years or whatever. I think, guy, that's where when these guys talk about, you know, it's so cliche now, but it's also clearly true how important the owner is in a job. Like, it's a make or break deal. It really is true in, in I mean, sports because they could, baseball, basketball, they could just overwhelm you. Like, every day we meet after a game, I need to know. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely happened over the years. It's definitely still happening. Like Jimmy Haslam can't be the only one, but if I told you, you know, like if someone just, you know, Dan's had a couple bad moments with Mike Shanahan about with RG three, he was too close to that. But over the last six or seven years with Jay, he didn't say shit. Now Bruce got involved, but, my, but Dan didn't. Like I, I'd probably believe you. Now Jerry is the GM, so it's a little unique. Uh, I also think Jerry'd be kind of cool to hang out with, but maybe he'd wear you out. Like Jeffrey Lurie guy, there would be sometimes I wouldn't see him for like a month. My fucking office is right next to Andy's. Jeffrey, he would check in every day, but he's just checking in on the spreadsheet. How many sodas, how many beers did we sell on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you think Clark Hunt is like mandatory meetings with Andy? Do you know that the Chiefs, 
in the first when the the merger happened in 1970, first AFC and NFC championship game. Up until last year, they had never hosted a conference championship game. And now with Andy Reid, they've had back-to-back conference championship games in Kansas City in 50 years. Think wow. about that. Wow. You think he's what he's worth to Clark Hunt? Like, think of what Andy is worth to an organization. Just the stability, the consistent winning. Even before they didn't get it, it was clear they were really high level. The difference of, like, the haves and have-nots, you hear it all the time in business. Fuck, you hear it with podcasts. I mean, you guys you guys heard we had five ads. You know, thank you. appreciate you. Uh, that, like, what the difference between just Andy and what the Browns are desperately... Like, they don't even know really what they're looking for. They're hoping. Because it's pretty nuts what they're doing with Paul D. Podesta. It'd be one thing if, like, he was Howie Roseman and he had been in the NFL for 20 years and just different... This guy came from a completely different sport that thinks about things completely differently that I think it's pretty safe to say don't have that many parallels to to this sport, right? In the way that he kind of wants to implement them. It's just a, it's the challenge is it's really steep, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, Julian Edelman, good guy, good night's rest. <laughs> Saturday night. Yeah, a good thing I think cocaine only stays in your system like a day. <laughs> uh, national title game. Monday night, are you um, – I, I, as I'm sitting here, fired up for Clemson, I think they can win the game. If you told me it was Ohio State, I'd probably, Ohio State, LSU probably. feels like that's what the – that could have been the biggest game, would have been LSU, Ohio State. Um, and obviously we had that game, but I'm not tired of Clemson. I'm not saying that, but I, – I, I do think for people that love the NFL, obviously that's people listening to this, you're getting the number one pick in the draft this year and next year. That's pretty cool. It is. At quarterback. You know, I, I think any time that – remember last year? I mean, you were there live. It was like, this freshman, is this the best – and the hype just got so big. Well, the right. hype on Joe Burrow can't get any stronger. He's had the greatest – I heard Leonard say this week, like, I think he's had the greatest season in the history of college football, and the numbers kind of speak for themselves. Now, they're a little – it's just different nowadays, obviously, with the it's way so they throw it. it. I mean, the 77% and whatever, yeah, 53 but, touchdown, whatever. But cl- clearly, it's been one of the all-time great years. This guy just feels like one of the all-time great prospects in the long-haired kid from Clemson. And just get to watch, like, what if Trevor Lawrence takes down Bama, then takes down Burrow? You talk about the hype on that guy by the time he gets to the NFL. He's got a pretty legendary resume. I know. And he's still got a year to go. What, what, do you think Clemson's going to be highly touted going into next year with that guy? <laughs> what would you say there, the preseason one? With him, if they win it, how would uh, they not be? Yeah, if they win it, I I hope. Even if they if they lose in a great game, that could be the preseason I, one. I, I would lean to me Clemson six and a half, just a lot. I, if that was betting, I, I'm just I just want to see a great, you know, one of those Deshaun Watson Alabama games, right? Yeah, I think what we've got here is a game between two teams, one of whom has been under the radar all year because the league they play they didn't really ultimately – like they played A&M, but they, they weren't any good, so they didn't play any big games. So a team that's been under the radar most of the year, if you could even say that about Clemson. Um, Florida State, Miami suck now. Yeah, I mean, they were, and then on the other side of the coin, you've got a team that has just been, you know, LSU about it. It feels like probably as public as it can get this year. Um so I do think Clemson, because of all that's good value, and I I do think it's it's crazy to say LSU's overvalued. I'm, I don't think they're overvalued, but I think people think they're bulletproof. I don't think they're bulletproof. Did you see the hype thing that they tweeted out like 24 hours ago? 
With the tiger? Something about the tiger? No, it's just like a two-minute swag video. It was like... Was somebody talking over it? uh, Yeah, like one of their former players from like the 90s. It's... It's, and then it goes into this swag, so I'm going to go rewatch about 10 times before I go to bed. I, I've watched it 25 times. You know what you should it, Google? It was, it was mind-blowingly good. <laughs> so after you hype yourself up on that, and everybody listening, you hype yourself up on that, then what you should go to help yourself fall asleep, uh, you should then go Google the the uh, pregame speech. Let me get you the exact... Um, the exact uh, YouTube link here. It was a uh, Keith Brooking pregame speech. There's a few of them. Pretty, uh, I mean, they played it. It was a Sunday night football. All right, you want to type in Keith Brooking pregame hype speech versus the Washington Redskins. Okay, it's from like 09. Keith Brooking's pregame hype speech versus the Washington Redskins. So you'll want to watch that. And, um, you know, to me, it falls in the category of there are some things out of context that just always fall in the football hype speeches outside of context. Like if you're not in the game, getting ready to put your life on the line are almost always just cheesy and dumb. Right. Like, who knows? Maybe somebody thought Jamie's eating his hand. Maybe that motivated somebody. But if you really like took pregame hype speeches and like put them in print, you'd be you'd read it and go like, what the hell is this? You think Keith Brookings is pretty good? No, but <laughs> they're all hyped. Like they're going nuts, they're jumping up and down, they're hyped. It is, uh, yeah, it's okay. I'll it's, check uh, it. I'll check it out. Ever go check that out right now? Okay, we'll just get this pot out later. Peace. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.